Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast and happy 2024. Wow, I can't believe that we are at the beginning of a new year. For the first 10 episodes in 2024, we are going to take a look back at the top 10 episodes of 2023. These were high value, high impact episodes that I really felt needed to be replayed and reshared. So sit back and enjoy this top 10 episode. You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pender. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. And if you're listening to the show today, and you are wondering how to get on those amazing podcasts, and how present yourself in a way that every, well, okay, almost every podcast host wants you to have you on your show, then today's episode is for you. I'd love to welcome Spencer Carpenter to the show. Spencer is the founder of Outlier Audio, which is a full-service podcast booking agency that represents talented entrepreneurs, business professionals, securing the podcast interview. So he definitely knows what he is talking about today. Welcome to the show, Spencer. Kim, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. So Spencer, since this is your first time on the show, why don't you take a few minutes, introduce yourself, share a bit of your business story, and how did you come to be the founder of Outlier Audio. Sure. So I was in the music industry for 15 years and I started off booking concerts in my hometown and then scaled that up to doing multi-day music conferences and festivals. And I ran a couple of record labels and I did tour booking and artist man, pretty much did everything except be the artist. And so <laughs> I've been dealing with either side of talent representation since I was 15, buying talent, but also representing talent. And when I stumbled upon podcasts, you know, five years ago, I was listening to people giving away tremendous information, hearing their successes. And then I'd looked them up on social media and realized they were just Joe Schmo investor or Joe Schmo, you know, business owner. And I thought it was insane that like, I was getting so much value from these people that most people haven't heard of. And it occurred to me that unless you are like Richard Branson or Mark Cuban, you're already a celebrity entrepreneur. There's no services out there supporting entrepreneurs as talent. So then when music industry got shut down by COVID, I saw a need for people to still be out there performing while they were stuck in, in quarantine and not like podcast platform was new, but I was like, there's probably a lot of people here that either don't have the time or don't have the know-how to get out there. So let me just go help those people out. And so I, I just really wanted to help talented entrepreneurs, business professionals, and investors get booked on podcasts. So what would you say was the most difficult part, you know, sort of pre-COVID when you were working in the music industry uh, to be able to like really get people known? 
You know, it was kind of determining how to best get in touch with people, what's going to resonate with them the best. You know, because like, let's just say you were to, you were going to do a press release to to help with your SEO or something like that. You get to write about whatever you want. You know, you can, mm-hmm. you can curate that around any piece of content you put out there is, is based on what you want. And maybe you're taking into consideration what your audience, audience is going to want. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to pitching to a podcast, you have to be able to say to them why you are an expert, why their guests should, you know, their listeners should listen to you and yeah. why you're different from the other, you know, five or 10 or 20 people that submitted that week. So really trying to help people figure out what is your unique value proposition mm-hmm. or how are we going to present this topic that might have been talked about before in a new light, in a way that mm-hmm. is a natural fit to bringing it back up in a, a business podcast. So was there a time in in, in your journey where uh, you really struggled? Because, you know, it's hard sometimes being an entrepreneur and I, I know we have these journeys. So I always love to hear that part of the story as well. I mean, like anybody else, sometimes the just the stream of of clientele, you know, can be a little bit slow for one reason or another. But, you know, that's probably been the most difficult part for me. I mean, I'm not a huge marketer, so I've been trying to build my business around, you know, referral. And but Mm -hmm. I'm also at a point where, like, I know I need to be out there, you know, Mm -hmm. building my brand a little bit more and being and being out there. But a lot of I do, you know, again, I've been doing this since I was 15, talent representation mm-hmm. and supporting talent. I really enjoy my job. So even the hard parts, I kind of, I kind of enjoy, uh, but yeah, being out, being out there and, and making sure that there is a consistent flow of new clientele is definitely the, the, the biggest hurdle. Mm. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why podcasts are great. You know, it's a way yes. to get out there. It doesn't cost you anything other than your time. And it's not something that you necessarily need to put a marketing budget behind for it to have residual results down the road. You know, that's one of the great things about it. Yeah, very true. Very true. So, Spencer, I know that you've come prepared today to talk about how to present and pitch yourself. So I'm going to let you loose for a little bit just to really share some good practical tips on, you know, how do you do that? And then we'll talk about it. Sure, sure. Yeah. So off the bat, I think it's really important that people first get in line. What is that unique value proposition? And mm-hmm. and again, that could be that could be something that you've already branded for yourself. But think about. I always like to pitch hosts with like four to six unique topics. And when I say mm-hmm. unique topics, it has to be something like think about naming a keynote speech or what yes. you would name a blog post. You wouldn't present a keynote speech or a blog post called marketing. You would you would come up with something that's catchy. You know, it needs to be something that's going to either present a nuanced take to it, some different angle or some, you know, special T, I'm sorry, specialized version of what you're talking about, whether it's, you know, your specialized way of doing sales or marketing or scaling mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And again, sometimes that is just repurposing something that might already be talked about, like whether it's an investing show or business show or entrepreneurship show, everybody talks about scaling and systems. And it's something that should be talked about. But you also don't want to just say like, okay, we're going to talk about scaling again. We're going to talk about systems again. It's how can you package in a way that gives a case Mm -hmm. study for it to be sexy to bring it back up, you know, not just force it. How's it going to engage? You know, how are your listeners going to engage with it? And so Mm -hmm. figuring out what that unique value proposition is really important. The second thing I really do 
is, you know, when I work with a client, they'll give me their bio, or sometimes I have to write it from scratch. But oftentimes it includes information that is not helpful in that particular moment. So for example, Mm -hmm. if you are going to have, you know, if you're going to have a bio and you're pitching to a podcast, remove the part about being, you know, proud parent, loving playing with your dog on the weekends, you know, unless you're pitching to a parenting podcast, maybe that part is helpful. But in, in the moment of, of, trying to fight for the attention of a podcast host. You have to be very concise with not just like the amount of time it takes for them to read it, but how quickly you get them hooked. And so every pitch I have starts with, I'm reaching out about so-and-so being on podcast to talk about. And then I lead with the three most important topics. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, I'm not kidding. It's a four line run on sentence. It's not grammatically correct from that stance. It is not, it's not meant that's, I'm not caring about what it, yeah. an English major cares about. I'm caring about getting the attention of the host. And so then whether or not the rest of your bio is one paragraph or three or four, mm-hmm. if you got them hooked in that first sentence, they, they read, they will read the rest or they're just going to say, yeah, come on the show. We already know that you're going to talk about something we want. You know, I include all the links. I include a section that says, here are the topics we are prepared to speak on. However, we can speak on whatever you would like. And and so that's kind of like the basic mm-hmm. foundation of my pitch every time. But the important part is that leading, that leading uh, sentence, you know, e- even your name isn't important. They don't know who you are. It, all that matters is what you're going to talk about and the value you're going to bring to the show. You know, as a podcast host, I spend a tremendous amount of time searching through people to be on the show. And you are so correct on a few things. First of all, I don't care about your family. This isn't a family podcast. Don't take don't take it the wrong way. As you but- get to know them, you might learn about the family and you check in and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. But in that first moment, it doesn't matter. As a host, what I'm looking for is, are you going to be a great, engaging guest for my show? Right. Because I spend a lot of time to do this show, to do it excellently, to provide a tremendous amount of value. And and you're right. I don't have time to read through big, long bios. I don't want to. I've got enough to do in my day. And as a publisher, I spend enough time reading as it is. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, but, you know, one thing I was just wondering about, and, and you talked about a person's name. Now, see, I do things a little bit differently because when I introduce myself, I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja. And I found that is pretty effective because it's not just my name. I've given myself a really interesting title. What would you think about something like that? That's fine. But here's what I do in my subject line. I Mm -hmm. lead with the value dash person's name. I don't lead with person's name, then value. Yes. And so it's just little things like that, thinking, just trying to put yourself in the shoes of the host. What is going to get their eyes first? I mean, I think about this the same way you think about like an ad that's 15 seconds or 30 seconds or 60 seconds. You're fighting for attention and I'm trying to get their attention as soon as possible. I only keep my my guest's name in the subject line for future, like their ability to search for the email going back in the future. That's the only reason I typically have my guest name. And also they're not using, they're not like titling themselves in a specific way. The extraordinary mm-hmm. word ninja is very helpful in that subject line, but I still lead off with, you know, I'm blanking on one right now, but you know, 
how how to break you know how to break free from the golden handcuffs using X and X strategy than the person's name. And so it's all about fighting for attention and grabbing and grabbing it as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with professionals, like, you know, so when you're an entrepreneur looking to be on podcasts, it's about that. It's about that professional image. It's not about who you are personally. One of the things I teach about, you know, an author to authority is, you know, your business persona and your business story, right? When you are in a business setting and you introduce yourself, how do you do it? Do you talk about your personal life or do you talk about who you are professionally? And I think that's, you know, that's one of the things you're talking about here is that you've got to have that immediate professional. And I don't mean professional as in stiff and, you know, you know, but professional in the sense of, wow, that grabs attention. Right. Well, and I think there are certain times where, uh, you know, again, I tell people to cut out the stuff about the family and, 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 you know, liking walking their dog on the beach. But at the same time, if they do ultra marathons, maybe there's a good way to work that in there. Cause it's a little more, it's a little more, yes. it's a little more difficult, but like, I don't, I don't lead in any sort of business talking about how I play rec hockey once a week. It's just not helpful. You know? No. No, you talk about how you make the difference in the lives of entrepreneurs and you give them the visibility that they need to build their business bigger, better, stronger, and faster. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, Spencer, let's let's dive into this a little bit more. Okay, so you talked about, you know, the, the headline and all that. Um, what should... Had the question, just went completely out of my brain. Uh, when you're approaching someone to be on their podcast, so do you recommend like services where you can create these great bios and be there? Or, you know, what would be some of your recommendations of places that people can go? I know it's a little off topic, but I'm yeah. sure you can answer that question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I recommend to anybody, whether they are looking for someone like me to do it for them or just want to do it themselves, go make a Podmatch profile. You know, podmatch.com is a great place where kind of gives you the light of what I'm talking about. Yes. You know, it gives you that that foundation in an online profile and then is going to match you with hosts already looking for guests. And it's a great platform for being able to search and read through what the the host is looking for more so than just reading the description on iTunes. You know, I've I have pitched shows many times based on the description on iTunes just to or I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts just to learn that like that isn't necessarily they, you know, it was a description was oversimplified and it really didn't give me a, a good scope of what it is that the host was looking for. Obviously, I, I go through the episodes as well, but, you know, every now and again, you get it wrong. But I, I really think that people should start there. However, with me, you know, a lot of the podcasts I reach out to are, are you know, I'm doing direct communication with them. I'm digging to to learn more about the host to find the best contact or the person in charge. You know, sometimes as podcasts get bigger, they make themselves a little more difficult to get in touch with. And I make it my job to still find a way to get in touch with them. But, you know, to get started and just get an idea of what this is, things like Podmatch are perfect for anyone just getting started out. You know, whether that's because they just they they're not comfortable doing podcasts yet and they want to try it out or, you know, just getting a feel for how their their VA could do it, something like that. Mm -hmm. That's a great platform for just getting started. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more because that's how we met was through Podmatch. It is. So. It is. 
And if, if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard me talk about Podmatch. So we will include a link to Podmatch in the show notes because it is such a wonderful, it's actually a complete system. I was mm-hmm. quite surprised. I've been on other uh, podcast guest and hosting matching sites and Podmatch completely blew me away with with its system and its professionalism because it's it's complete. Like you can do everything in Podmatch. So I can search for guests, I can contact them, message them, talk to them, they can schedule, the scheduling link is right there in there, I don't have to send it to them, then it reminds me because it's got a calendar system, so it's like, Mm -hmm. don't forget, Spencer's interview is coming up today, right? (laughs) Yeah, Alex and Alicia did a great job building out that platform, and they're so helpful whenever there's an issue, like if you're, if there's something that you're... You know, that you're you're looking to get out of it that maybe you're missing out on, feel free to reach out to them. They'll always in fact that's how how I got connected with Alex is I found the platform. I was like, hey, as someone that does talent representation, I think you could add this part. And I think that's when they added the links for past interviews portion to the to the profile was uh was that communication with Alex. And that's how we met. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. They they are amazing people. I got to actually spend some time with them at Podfest in January. And yeah, just just incredible people. Couldn't highly recommend the platform. Or it's actually the main one that I use now. Yeah, yeah, me too. I still get emails from people. <laughs> to be honest, most of them I don't even respond back to. Because, first of all, they obviously did not research the podcast. Right, right. Yeah, it's- I mean, and and even say you still got to be compelling. You still got to bring that value add. Well, the thing is, people see author to authority, and they assume that I want to interview every single author. Mm, right, right. They haven't even checked out the podcast enough to realize that this is for people building their business. Right. And using books to build your business. So, you know, you can come on the show and not be an author because you have a specialty in some other area that's going to help help the audience, right? But... Yeah, and I sometimes I'll email them back and they'll be like, but we can adjust this so the person can be on your show. It's like, if you have to adjust this so the person can be on the show, I'm not interested in you. (laughs) Right, right. That's exactly right. So, Spencer, um, are there some other things that you can share about, you know, how to present and pitch to podcast hosts? Yeah, absolutely. So the irony in that we're pitching to podcast hosts is we need to make sure we're not letting them think that we're going to be pitching their audience. You know, yeah. it's not yeah. about you being on uh, to to plug yourself or your product or your service. You're there to provide information. And I think that's really important for a lot of people. I mean, I think a lot of people that have heard of podcasts and listened to kind of get that. But every now and again, you meet someone that has never been on a podcast before, never listened. And they think this is like being on TV where you have three minutes to make it count. And it's not. It's actually really different and way more valuable because you don't have three minutes. You usually have like 45 or 30. And it's it's 30 or 45 minutes of rapport building. I was listening yeah. to your to your interview that came out this week, I think with Samantha King, was that her name? Where she said you know, having a digital product is great because it allows people to get to know you. Same thing with podcast interviews. While this is a conversation between you and me with the listener, this is rapport building. You know, they're getting to know me. They're hearing my story, my personality, some of my insight and that sort of thing. And then you you responded to Samantha saying, yeah, sometimes 
I don't know whether or not if I were to schedule a call, if it's just them pitching me or if I'm ready to be pitched. And I'm the same way. I could sign up for a call where I know I'm going to be pitched and I'm still not comfortable with it. I never have been. It's always what it is, is someone trying to take money from my pocket and put it in theirs. And even if I want their service, I don't like that part of it. (laughs) I don't like that I have to pay for it. So you're going to have to be really convincing. You're going to have to make me like you. And so the thing I really like about podcasts is because that's all rapport building. A lot of times when the person has reached out, while it's a cold lead to you, it's a warm interaction to them. You know, they already know you and they're at that point oftentimes just trying to find out how much does it cost? What's the process? And this really hit me the first time I met a podcast host that I've been listening to for about a year and a half. He was in town and he tweeted out like, Hey, does anybody want to get dinner? I hit him up. We got dinner. And, you know, I'd been listening to this guy for a while. I'd learned a lot from him. I knew about some, some family issues he had. I knew about investments of his. I knew about the time he spent in China for 15 years. I knew a lot of his story. And then we'd be talking and he would ask me a question and I just like changed jobs recently. And I was like, well, you know, I used to be doing this and now I'm doing this. And then I had to remind myself, no, he doesn't know. You can't. I was talking to him like we had been friends for years because that's how it (laughs) felt in my mind. And so that that is what the power of like this long form rapport building Mm. will do is it gets people really familiar with you and it makes them really comfortable so that when they do reach out, you don't have to be pitching. They're oftentimes already there. And so it does a lot of the work for you, but it is it's really powerful in that that relationship building. You know what? I couldn't agree with you more, Spencer. And, you know, it's it's funny. You talk about coming on a podcast to pitch um, just not long ago. I had a, a guest on the show and I'm like, I'm seriously considering whether I post that on that episode or not, because to me, he wasn't providing a lot of value and it was all about his products and his services and how his products and services could help. And I'm like, but that's not what the show is about. Right. You know, the show's about giving practical advice that somebody can use. I don't know how you feel about it, but the way I look at it is, is if you provide a tremendous amount of value, if you show your expertise, if you're you know, if you're giving of your knowledge freely, to me, that's attractive. Like when I can really interview someone and see how much they know about the topic. And from this, this podcast, you know, I've had two things. I've had people who have become my clients because of the discussions that we've had predominantly after the show, Mm -hmm. but I've also hired some of them because of the tremendous amount of value that they shared on my show. And I could see that they were true experts and it wasn't about, you know, pitching and getting business. It was about providing tremendous amount of value and building that relationship, not only with me, but with my audience. Yeah. You know, I will say off the bat, there's sometimes, especially if you get someone that's of a different generation there, they just kind of kind of don't know. They were brought up on like, you're always pitching yourself. You know, that's the only way people get to know you. And and I sympathize with that. But often there are also people that have a physical product. That's how they sell. It's not this digital product. And so there is a certain nuance into how you can talk about, you know, I did have a client that was, they were essentially creating like a water bottle kind of like this, that Mm. would pull moisture from the air into clean water. And so as for people in desert where there's not a lot of rainwater, you're not supposed to use the well as much. How do you pull what is there and put it into a water bottle? And they're, you know, they came to me and 
obviously their product is their product. That's how they make money by selling that water bottle. And I was like, but guys, your your story here is, you know, you found, you saw a need for something like this, but what we need to talk about is the inability to get water in the desert and how it's affecting people. We need to talk about how this is going to save on plastic water bottles in, in garbage. We're going to have to talk about climate. Like you have to hit people where the emotion matters so that they want to spend their dollars, not just here's my water bottle. Here's why it's great. And it's a great product. There are plenty of people that off the bat would be like, I need that. But to everybody else, you have to appeal to what it is that's going to what hits them emotionally. And so that was one of those times I was like, you're, you're not talking about your product once on this podcast. You need to talk about all the other reasons that kind of lead into why your product is important. And at the end of the show, you get to talk about it, but never go into a podcast planning on really talking about your product, your service, or your coaching or whatever. You just need to provide value so that people understand why you're an expert and why they should care about what you have to say. And then they automatically kind of associate whatever you have to offer with it being a good service because you are knowledgeable. I I found, because I've talked to many podcast hosts, that they don't have a problem, you know, mentioning once your product or your service, right? Like they appreciate you donating your time to come onto the show and share so, you know, it's not that you can't talk about your product at all, but they don't want the whole show to be about the product. Like what, you know, email I sent you was, you know, you'll have an opportunity at the end of the show, you know, to talk about, you know, your product, your service or something free you want to give away. Because I do that as a thing. Don't mm-hmm. need your time. You've shared freely of your knowledge. And I think I think that's important, too, is to find out from the host what you can and can't do. Yep. I mean. If they're okay with you mentioning your product once, well, then you'd be a fool not to mention your product once. Right, right. <laughs> I oftentimes spend more time talking about Alex's product and Podmatch than I do talking about my own. And yeah, I get on sometimes. I, we, we actually, I didn't, I didn't ask you before. Like, is there anything you don't want me to say? Is there anything you do want me to say? And then, and you know, every now and again, I let a host know. Like, honestly please don't ask me what my product costs because I don't want to talk about it. You're, yeah. you're going to force me to talk about it. And that's happened a few times where they want to know what my service costs. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about my product. I want to give people information on how they can do this themselves. <laughs> well, to be honest, to me, that's tacky. Like I'll give yeah, you an opportunity. That's how you know, it feels for sure. You're going to have an opportunity to, to talk about your service, but I'm not going to ask you how much it costs. Right. Here's the thing, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're providing a tremendous amount of value. And, you know, by just putting your cost out there, I think it. Oh, I think you went, or I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear me now, Spencer? I can. No, I can't hear you. Oh, no. What about now? No. Okay. Uh, How about now? Yay, we're back on. Sorry about that, everybody. So for the listeners, we ran into technical difficulties. I'm not sure where I was talking when Spencer stopped hearing me and you probably stopped hearing me. (laughs) Uh, And now because I got distracted trying to get back on, I can't remember where I was either. So we'll just kind of pick a topic and go from there. Perfect. You know, Spencer, I think one of the things that is important in terms of pitching, presenting yourself to me two things. First of all, it's it's research. 
you have to know who you're pitching and presenting yourself to. But secondly, I think you have to very much carefully consider your positioning. One of the things that you talked about in the show was, you know, when you when you email to present one of your clients, you give three to four ideas. And so of what that can talk about. And I think that's where the research and the positioning comes in. If you research the show, you know the show, you understand the show, and then you position your client in the right way. So, you know, audience, what I recommend is when you're when you're pitching and presenting yourself, take the time, do the research, really think through carefully how you can provide the most value to that show, and then create titles of things you can talk about that are relatable. Listen to the show, at least listen to a few episodes, you know, do your research, find them online, find the person online. You know, a lot of times if it's an entrepreneur, they've got a LinkedIn, they've got an Instagram, they've got a Facebook, see what they're talking about business-wise and see how you can best help them help their audience. Anyway, that's my thought. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, I have the luxury of, I deal with a lot of clients. I deal with a lot of shows. I've built up a lot of relationships, but it's also my job to spend the day going through shows and, and figure out who's a good fit for what. For someone that's doing it on their own, it's obviously a little more time consuming. You're taking the time out of the day to do it. And it's, it is a little bit of a lift. So, but it, if you spend that time and you find the right shows and you can think of a reason why you're a really good fit for it, you can write a compelling personalized email. It's really just personalized the beginning a little bit. Here's why I think I'd be a good fit for your show. Yeah. That goes a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Spencer, I would love for you to share a final thought. And then if people have really enjoyed this podcast, even with all the technical glitches, uh, how can people get a hold of you? Sure. Yeah. Final thought is just if you haven't done podcasts or you're not incorporating it into your marketing, you should be. I mean, again, with something like Podmatch, you can do it free or very inexpensively. You don't need someone like me. You can just go get podcasts, mm-hmm. have that for SEO, have it for content, potential lead source. The host is a potential lead source. All of these great things come from this long form content where people can get to know you and you can repurpose it. And just if you were to do 10 interviews, you might have unique content for the next year if you can supplement with a few other things. And that's, to me, way better than setting up your phone in front of your face and trying to take a video. Uh, so that those are my final thoughts. And yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, you know, if being on podcast is something that you want to do, but maybe you don't have the time to commit to it, you can reach out to me and we can see if maybe podcast outreach is a fit for you. My company is Outlier Audio. You can find us at outlieraudio.com. Same thing with Instagram. It's just Outlier Audio. That's more of a catalog where you can kind of see some of the shows I've had people on. My personal Instagram is just Spencer Carpenter, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, I was going to say something. It's one of those days I was going to say something. (laughs) It's the humidity. You said it's humid. It's humid. It is. It messes with your memory. I, I think, you know, one of the things I want to thank you for is the fact that, you know, you, you have taken this time to really come and share and how much that is appreciated on this show. So this has been Kim Thompson Pinder and Spencer Carpenter on the Author to Authority podcast. You know what? If you've enjoyed this episode, you've heard me say it before. I'm going to say it again. Please share it out. Find someone that you know that can really use this information and just help get the show out there. Have a great day, everyone, and we will see you on the very next episode of the show. Bye now.
You've been listening to the Author to Authority Podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Tim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.